punctuality. I'm like two minutes behind, so I'm just going to put my phone on live, and we're going to get right into it. We have our guest today joining us in a few moments, and yeah, thank you for your patience. Happy full moon eclipse. I'm on the wrong profile while I'm trying to go live, and we are good. Okay. Yeah, you make it. Hey. So, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Duality. I'm your host, Akasha, and my I have a very special guest, Luis Nunez, here with us to welcome in Gemini season with a Gemini, rightfully so. And your favorite Gemini. <laughs> it's debatable. All of you guys want to say the same thing to me, so I'm not going to get myself in trouble. <laughs> I'm like, I believe the fifth. But yeah, if you could just... Is that better? Cool. We're good? On sound? Cool. All right. So, yeah. What's up? What's going on? So I bef feel before I begin, mm -hmm. I want to say thank you to Akasha because Akasha was there for me when I was at a really low point in my life. Mm. My dad passed away, and it was just hard to process all that. And everything I used to know, because I was like Catholic, and everything I used to know was kind of like, thrown out the window and those people kind of left me and I was questioning my faith and all this stuff and so I ended up going to Zen and meeting Akasha and just her support, her love, her friendship, her sharing her own story and the moon ceremonies, like all of that stuff was just so transformative in my own life. So I just want to say thank you to you oh. because you're such a good person. So thank thank you. you. I wasn't ready to get hit with that right <laughs> from the beginning. I was just like, I'm, you were like assaulted me with love, you know? I, <laughs> I, I appreciate that, you know, I'm usually on the other side mm. of that. Um, thank you. You know, of course, I'm really happy that, you know, I believe, I'm tr I truly believe that we all find... Um, the places and people that we're supposed to be around, especially especially at those times when we're really seeking it and needing it mm -hmm. um, amongst big transition, it's like this big sweeping will happen. You mm -hmm. know, it's like everybody you knew and you thought that would be there for you. Like, especially like I, I can relate in the sense that like I had also lost my father and especially during that transition, it was like everybody I thought that was going to be there wasn't there and if they were there they weren't present they were there but they weren't present mm -hmm. you know and like the sweep of my whole reality and the different transitions that happen and it's not limited to only when people uh suffer a loss as far as like family or parental or anything that's just like one of the examples you know um but it's it's a huge thing where you go through that like wow i don't know anything i don't really trust anyone and then once you like are like this close to giving up hope on everything, I feel I find that you get that, you know. If it was always there, but it's like you get it really amplified because it's like we get really in our heads and what in these in these moments of transition, it can be really hard to think clear, you know. And there we have to have compassion for that, like mm -hmm. especially when we're experiencing such intense traumas. Um, you know, shock experiences and just anything, you know, any form of transition, everyone responds differently to change. And when we're amongst change, it's important that we do see what resonates with us 
admit what isn't resonating with us because that's I feel like what finds um, footing and grounding mm -hmm. um, like okay wow like I'm looking at all my friends and I'm looking at my partner and I'm looking at my the, my living situation my place and my job and all these different things and it's like what doesn't fit like and it, say all of them aren't fitting that's yeah. overwhelming yeah, you know like, absolutely yeah and then you like find or you find like maybe one of those things or two of those things aren't you know mm -hmm. and the, and you find that solace in that where it's like okay well what is resonating for me is my living situation what isn't resonating for me is is my job or like and finding that balance in being around things that are good for your soul not only for a temporary relief mm -hmm. you know i find that Something I was I was expressing to a friend of mine the other day, um, who also also uh, suffered great loss. He had lost his son, oh and God. like this, and we were having this um, conversation about grief, mm -hmm. you know. And I was did you watch Wandavision? I seen only like one or two episodes. I haven't. So there's this line that Vision tells Wanda when she talks about it, like that she she loved her brother, but she you know he died, mm -hmm. and Vision says, um, "What is grief but love persevering?" And I was just like, if you lost someone, I was like, that is it. You know, it's like this this love is still there, and but I know we, we talk about grief, and you're gonna talk about it in your own way. But I think it's just like I've never heard it put that way, like in a very succinct, beautiful way. I always heard of it as something you wanna process and like then get rid of yeah you know this yeah. person was the way they said it was just love it's love persevering i thought mm -hmm. it was really beautiful yeah there's so many layers of grief and depictions and that is really beautiful that there's like a positive reinforcement on it you know because there's so much negative mm -hmm. um and like heaviness that's built yeah. upon grief yeah, like yeah. how can it not be you know mm -hmm. um it cannot be but it's not easy it's mm -hmm. not easily uh understand process and that takes time for each and every individual uh what i was sharing with the friend of mine was there's this place, I'm sure you're familiar with it, called the Alba House. Oh, yeah. And uh -huh. although I'm not necessarily, like, religious in the way of, like, the Catholic Church, mm -hmm. at least at this point of my life, um, I appreciate any place that you can go to pray. And the mm -hmm. fact that that's open 24 hours. Yeah, it's beautiful. Like, it's seven days a week. And it's like you have that vigil that you can go and light a candle. You have the place outside where you can kind of walk in, like, this, like, gardeny area. And then mm -hmm. there's, like, the actual, like, mass area. It's all open 24-7. Mm -hmm. As far as I know, I don't know what it is now. I haven't been there in Especially quite a while. Especially on Staten Island. It's, like, it's hard to find anything open past 8 o'clock. And there's <laughs> a few. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> and there's a few different places that are like that. Like, um, someone had showed me. Because I was, like, going to this a lot, actually, an ex of mine had found another little, like, praying area and, like, mm -hmm. showed me. I don't know where it is. I think it's somewhere in Rosebank. I want to, like, refine it, though, yeah, because yeah, it yeah. was, like, a cool, like, tiny kind of version of that. Mm -hmm. So my whole point of that is, like, people put their mass cards there, you know? Yeah. So, like, the thing that I like about the Alba House is, like, I'll go... And I'll find where I put my dad's mask card. Oh, and it's, beautiful. like, hidden somewhere, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And I'll just go find it. And I'll just, like, and to go somewhere and pray on your time or when you're feeling like you're you're losing your mind at 3 o'clock in the morning and you need to go somewhere, mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know. It's, like, it's great that there's somewhere sacred and safe that could be, um, that exists, yeah. you know. Um, so... I was sharing that with him and just, I don't know, I felt cool to share that. Yeah, no, um, I think that's what I love about when you do moon ceremonies too because it's, it's like it feels like a safe, sacred space, you know, and I think when you're holding space for people, that's where you allow healing to happen. It has to be like a safe and sacred space, you know. I think a lot of times people don't pursue their healings because they don't see that there's something worth healing, 
mm-hmm. right? Like I have no value, I have no worth, like what's the point? Like that kind of stuff. And I think that that shifting from I have value, you know, it, and going into like I deserve to be healed. I deserve to feel better in my life. I, des- I, don't, I, don't, I don't have to live my life where I'm sad. Like yeah. happiness is a real choice and, and something I can choose. And so I think creating that space and finding people who can hold that space for you, I think that's really like the essence of a lot of the work that you do. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I do my best to do so. You know, it's like um, how it kind of came to me was like I had years of not having that and seeking it so bad that yeah. I've just been faced with so many people that do it but haven't been doing it in the in um the best way that could be done in mm-hmm. the sense of like holding space with integrity. Mm-hmm. Um I think is really important knowing why you're doing it and um, and putting that in the forefront most of all and just trusting the process behind there. I find that like a lot of people start off with that intention, but mm-hmm. then when they start to like phase out of their other jobs and no more income in any other place, that a lot of times it gets it gets weird. Like okay. it get it get it'll get weird where it's like there's the um, financial aspect where it's like, all right, well I want to do this, but like I need to get paid, and it's like. I feel like I've been put in front of so many of these people, respectfully so, that do that did or do have the best intentions. Mm-hmm. But I was supposed to learn from that to know how to navigate that transition, like because it's innately human, you know, um, survival, right? You need to eat, and um, if you're not aware of that becoming a thing, then you're going to have that you know, do something and then have almost a resentment that you're not getting what you feel you deserve. Now, I find that when you hold space in certain lights, like you can have a a set exchange, of course, a siding scale, whatever it is. But I think it's really important for people to hold uh, space for those who don't have finances available for them, such as like scholarships Mm -hmm. and like, um, you know, people writing why they want to have something, say it's like a long-term treatment or say it's like whatever it is, because stepping out of the scarcity mindset that, okay, I don't, I need to charge super little for my services. And it's like, no, like people pay for things that they want. And especially Mm -hmm. when it's healing and stuff like they're going to pay more, they put value into it. Right. Mm -hmm. That's in that aspect. Now, when it comes to moon ceremonies and stuff, like that's a community-based thing. I remember when I didn't have $20 to go to a moon ceremony. Yeah. You know, like I remember when I didn't, it would, like it, when I was attending moon ceremonies in Manhattan or in other places because Stanon didn't have anything. And if it was, it was a lot more uh, low-key and very like um, you had to know somebody and it was like, I don't know. It was like I wasn't really here for because like I remember asking like going to every spiritual store on on the island and being like so hopeful like I'd say probably like seventeen eighteen like going to all these different places like um, really seeking teacher and seeking community because mm-hmm. it's like you know we talk about the individual work that we're supposed to do but I feel like um, it's sometimes really needed to talk about the community work that gets done. Yeah. So it's like moon ceremonies and places like that, you are with your community, mm-hmm. supporting each other, witnessing each other do the individual work. There's so much power in that. Yeah, this is um, that's a theory of human development called spiral dynamics. And the whole idea is that the person focuses from themselves to community to themselves to community. And it's this, and it's this constant like back and forth that has to exist 
for human growth to happen. Mm -hmm. If it's just a focus on the individual at that stage that you're at, you, you can't go past a certain point. Yeah. You know, if you don't have that back and forth, that's where the growth is. So I think that's why, like, like you hear, so, like you as a person was seeking, like, an as an individual, you were seeking a community because you knew you only could take yourself so far. You know, whether you knew it or not, like consciously or unconsciously, then then you found a community. And at a certain point, you realize, okay, I think I've outgrown the community. You know, I've I've given as much as I can, kind of thing. You know, you start having conversations, and people aren't understanding them anymore. You know, <laughs> you feel like you have to like dumb down the work that you do. Mm -hmm. You know, like you're not going as deep as you'd like, like that yeah. kind of thing. Then you have to find a, you know, you have to go and under like understand, unpack what you found, and you find new community. I think this is just like the cycle that we that we grow in. And I think a lot of times we have these cultural things that exist in people, which like like something like loyalty. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this. I don't I don't like loyalty. I think it's stupid. And the reason why I say that is because you can be loyal to someone who's like riding off a like in a car, you know, as you're like driving off a cliff, you know, <laughs> and like people like maybe this isn't the best path for me anymore. Like this is fine for you, you know. I'm not gonna put down the stuff that you do, but like I, this is not for me anymore. And I think a lot of times, so many people are in situations in their life where they don't know how to let go of it, you know. And it's like it, you need to let go of this, or you cannot grow, right? It's always mm -hmm. that. I mean, I think I. I I've heard this analogy like 50 times. I'm not sure if everyone else has, but it's like this example of how they catch a monkey in the woods, in the jungle. So what they do is they put like an orange in a box with like a hole that's just enough for the monkey to fit his hand when he squeezes it, you know, when he, when he makes it like really thin. Then he grabs the orange. He can't pull his hand out because it's, it's bigger. Than, the orange is bigger than the hole. And so he's stuck. And, and so if the monkey would be willing to just let go of that thing, realizing that there's fruit everywhere, you know, <laughs> like it's all over. It's not just this one spot. But when he's able to let go of that, then he's able to achieve his freedom, you know. But if he holds on to it, he just, he just, he just, he's trapped forever. That's a great analogy. That really is. And that's something that I feel like, especially right now, it's just so beautiful and syn synchronistic how the conversation that in which we're having is on the day of the full moon eclipse, which is literally everything we're talking about, is this, <laughs> you know, is the, the letting is that, go, right? The letting go process. The highlighting, the aspect, there's so many different aspects of what we're talking about. It's just, it just is. So I'll just put that out there and you guys can take what you will with it. But um, it was just something I was noticing while we were having conversation. Like everything we're talking about is so relevant to the energy of, of today and, um, and what's needed to hear. And like, what also what I need to hear um, so thank you, you know, and, uh, yeah, you, it's, it's, it's scary. It's scary. Change can be scary if you allow it to be, or it could be really exciting or it could be somewhere in between, Yeah, you know, and it's I feel like somewhere in between is like my safest place to be with it. Yeah. Um, when I get too excited about change, then I start changing everything. Like, <laughs> I, like I already, I caught myself the other day. Like I had, um, just, I, I've had to part ways with a job that I had for, for certain reasons. And like, it was, it was all left off in a really like good way. Like we both understood clearly a hundred percent why. And, um, after that change, I was like, all right, what else can I change? Now I'm like, oh, I'm also You're a five. Change mode. <laughs> yeah, like I'm, I'm also born on the fifth. So, like, change was my opposition when I was not allowing myself to fully embody who I was. Mm -hmm. Once I allowed myself 
and whether I wanted to or not, I was still doing change everywhere because it's like, you know, numero- numerologically, if you're looking at five, it's literally change. It just yeah. change, change, change. You see five, 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 that's change, change, change. Like that's mm-hmm. just all change. So that energy, what when I had to learn about myself of how I constantly am changing at rapid speeds, it's like it's that's my comfort to a point. Yeah. So I have to stop myself a little bit. It's like, okay, I changed one thing. I don't need to change my entire life. Yeah. Like, I don't need to move yeah. to another country and, and change change my hair again. again. Right. And again. do it again. <laughs> again. Like, literally. Scene. <laughs> 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 but, like, I don't need to go. It doesn't need to be that drastic. I can just change one. Time. And, like, having that yeah. middle ground is so important. And something that you were saying about loyalty before that, I, I wanted to, like, kind of add on to. Um... I'd say in 2000, I think it was 2018 or 17, 18, I had this whole unpacking of what I believed loyalty was Mm -hmm. because I believed myself to be such a loyal person for so long. And then I was in this certain like situation where I was like, someone asked me like, well, where is your loyalty at? And I was like, my loyalty is to myself, (laughs) you know, to myself. Yeah. (laughs) And so it's like the concept of loyalty, I don't think is like, like foolish or, or stupid when it, you understand when you, when you rewrite what loyalty is rather than Mm -hmm, society, mm -hmm. the societal aspect is, is, is foolish. You know, I, I used to always say like, I'm stupidly loyal. I used to say that because I used to feel like, I would be so loyal to things, places, and people mm-hmm. that was, like, unwarranted. It's like, you know, I, I'm just starting to have conversations with this person, and it's like I, I'm already, there's no other people, you know? It was just be, and then I would be like, my heart would be broken because it's like, that wasn't the same on the other side, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, or yeah, whatever yeah. the case was, you know? So it was, I used to say things like that, but loyalty, when I was breaking down loyalty, like, who are you loyal to if not loyal to yourself? Yeah. You know, like, what are these commitments and these chains and bounds that you have to things and places? They, people change all the time. Like, you could say, oh, I'm loyal to this person, but what if that person does trifling things? You know, what if they mm-hmm. start doing trifling things? Or what if you discover they start, yeah. that they've been doing it? Mm-hmm. And like you were saying before, it's like someone's going to drive a cliff. Like, you know, whatever it is, um, it's important to understand what loyalty means to us yeah. and um and find that healthy dynamic with not abandoning ourselves and calling it loyalty mm-hmm. yeah i just want to talk back about uh circle back to when you talk about change and like how kind of like how your brain is like so i think that our brain is our survival mechanism and so like bears have claws and we have brains right and so our brain knows that whatever we did the day before has left us to survive. So it worked. So so we don't want change. Change is bad to our brain. And I feel like you've probably developed this thing where it's like, I'm going to test change, and then it's going to work. And then if it works well, okay, I can change everything else now. You know, it's like, and so I think a lot of people, I know for myself, I'm just keeping the eye. So for myself, I, um, I might fear change because of something that happened in the past. Right? I was like, you know what? Everyone's telling me this might not work. Let me try it anyway. And then sometimes it does work, sometimes it doesn't work. And then depending on, I think, like what kind of childhood trauma you bring into things, you focus on, hey, it didn't work. 
So I'm going to not do anything, you know, then we get stuck mm -hmm. on that, like, mm -hmm. was it paralysis analysis kind of thing? Mm -hmm. You know, where you're just, like, getting stuck on making you're a decision. You're in, like, a perfectionist, like, okay, well, if I go this way, and if I go yeah. that way, and then you're thinking the yes or the no's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's important to know. It's just, like, really, when you kind of gain self-awareness and understand yourself, it's like, okay, so what what is my response to change? You know, what would I be willing to change? What could I change? You know, mm -hmm. and I think it's... It's it, the language is important because if I say what should I change, should is based on expectation. So I'm gonna look for other people for feedback about what's wrong with me, at this moment, you know. Mm -hmm. Oh, you look you look like you're unhappy at your job. You look like you want to lose weight. You look like you want to do blah blah blah. blah. You know, like all those different things are gonna come up in your mind because it's reflected from everyone else telling you that. Yeah. But if you say, well, what could I change? Oh, well, I could really change blah blah blah. You know, I think it's it's the language is so important when we when we discuss change. It was like on the, on my drive this morning when I was on my way, and I was like, I had said to myself, um, I was praying to myself, and I was just like, saying, you know, a few different things. Then I was saying affirmations, and then I'm like, you know, I'm like, you, I give you full permission to shine as bright as you need to shine to amplify yourself, and mm -hmm. then. And I was like, kind of like going in, like, and you know, be a bad bitch and do this, da da da, like be that's, silly. That's my and like, too. I you know, it, like yeah. exactly. Everyone should call it. I feel <laughs> like I think it's important. You know, um, that energy, whether you're male, female, or identifies anything mm -hmm. in between, like it's, it's. I think it's um, important to embody that energy. That sassiness is important in every uh, every person's life. Sassiness. So I'm like, I'm in the, I'm in the mirror at a, at a red light, given. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and. Uh, I I'm saying that and then I'm like and inspire others to amplify themselves. Like so it's like it's like, you know, I'm saying this to myself, but I like you said, those little words are important. And I, I made an an IG video on it and then I just I, I deleted it because it was just like I don't know. I did something awkward, and I'm like, I'm over it. And I was like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I don't care. I'm like, I don't care about it enough to do that. But here we are. Yeah, and yeah. Um, yeah, it was like exactly that what you were talking about. It's like it's important to understand the little things you're saying and why you're saying it. So it's like, okay, yes, I love myself enough to gas myself up because mm -hmm. I deserve to, especially when I feel deflated. Yeah. yeah. Um, but not enough that I'm going to pop. You know, so and and the like I have a harder time gassing myself up than I do deflating myself. So when I'm gassing myself, I, I innately include others because it's like, oh, wow. OK, well, if I'm going yeah, to yeah. if I'm going to amplify myself, That's I'm like, beautiful. all right, boom, I'm going to also take people with me. Yeah. And it gives that balance because it's like, you know, when when you see the spectrum of like. The, what, what's always said like you know the the general like oh you someone got famous now look at them now look what mm -hmm. they think or whatever the case is and it's like you know there is reoccurring themes and it's not only people that are like super famous it's people that get a certain amount of attention you know and it's it's it doesn't make these people bad people yeah. it's just about managing mm -hmm. how you are T intaking feedback good yeah. and bad yeah, yeah good and bad it's important because you know as good as good feedback can feel at the moment when that's the only thing that you're like riding on it could be really empty and yeah. um and cold when you're sitting with yourself and um when all you do is battle yourself when you're alone and then 
you know, you get a fix when someone says something and then now all of a sudden you're kind of like flocking to that and now it's like moth energy. Now I'm going to the light. Yeah. And um, it's not being derived from yourself. Yeah, that's the biggest thing I've been working with recently. Um, we talked about this before, but it was, uh, I told you, I saw a friend of mine yesterday, I haven't seen him in a long time, and he said to me, oh, you know, what's going on? What are you doing now? And almost like talking about business or work or job, you know. And I said, and I was thinking, I didn't say, because I was, I was just thinking, I was like, I would love to normalize um, what have you been healing, mm-hmm. right? Like, like wh- you know, what's, what's like, you came out of a darkness probably recently, what's the fruit you want to share? Like, what's the light you want to give, you know? And so one thing that I've been, that I've been working on recently was realizing my need for validation and like other people to affirm me and how that just like limited my whole life. You know, I was even like, I have like a, you know, I was, I think what is, uh, if you ever study human design, if you have like an open, I think it's like an ajna or a head center, you're very susceptible to other people's ideas and their ideas become your ideas. In like psychology, it's, it's called, um, oh, what is it, what is it, I forgot. It's this, it's this thing where someone says something about you and you internalize it. And so now you criticize yourself about it mm-hmm. as a form of not having someone, not someone else hurt me, but I'm going to hurt myself. Mm-hmm. No one else can hurt me, mm-hmm. but I can hurt myself and that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know? And so I think like, you know, this vision boards and all this stuff, it's like, this is how other people have done things. It doesn't mean it's the way it works for you. Mm-hmm. And so when I looked at my vision board, I saw like all these things, which are just all like validation. It was like Oprah, Super Soul Sunday, like New York Times, all this, like, I was just like, this is me getting to feel like I have to get to a point where other people can say, now he made it. And I was just like, this is what I've been like dragging for so long. And so recently I've been like doing affirmations and I've been reading a book called um, You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. And I love that book. And there's an audio version, which I got. Like whenever Hay House has a sale, I just like, I'm just like, take my money. Just like, <laughs> You're <laughs> like hey, you want to get these tarot cards? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yes, and yes. yes. Like, <laughs> wasn't aware of a sale, but now you're telling me a sale on Oracle cards? Yes. Yes, we're going to do that. We're going to go 50 50. <laughs> and so I got this book called You Can Heal Your Life. And in it, like the first affirmation she does says, Whenever I work with anybody and we get down to the root of what's really going on in their life, it's always the same thing for everybody. And it's that I am not good enough. It's the same thing. She's like, I've worked with like thousands of people from like wealthy, wealthy, wealthy to poor, 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 everywhere in between, men, women, all this stuff. It's always the same thing. I am not good enough. This is belief that we have on the inside, you know? And I think it, it's, it's a childhood trauma that at some point we got, you know, someone yelling at us for something we did. Don't do that. You know, you're going to hurt yourself. Something's wrong with you. Like, whatever those things are. And it's how do we heal that? And so she says, whatever I work with anybody, I always do the same thing. I have them say, I love and accept myself exactly as I am. And just, and just do it over and over and over again. And I like that kind of prayer. Like that was, was the repetition, the repetitious Mm -hmm. prayer. Just like, it's just like, I'm consciously saying something. It's programming my subconscious. You know, it's like, it gives me something to do because I need to like be doing something. So I usually have like prayer beads with it that I use. Yeah. And so I find it, it was just very helpful. And like, it was almost like, I think after like a day or two of doing it, just like things started opening up and Mm -hmm. changing. And then like insights started coming in because I was like, I, there's nothing wrong with me. Right. And I think this is like one of the big reasons why I ended up leaving the Catholic Church is because this belief that, um, you know, we're created good and perfect and everything's great. And then sin comes in through like Adam and Eve. And now there's something wrong with us that has to be fixed. And we cannot fix it ourselves. 
right? We have to go to a church or go to a place or go to a priest or get something that exists outside of ourselves to be healed, you know? And it's just like, it's like I, I came to the resolution, like that's, that's not true. And that's more about a power structure, keeping power, than it is about freely giving healing and teaching people how to be healed in the process. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I mean, when you go back to like the origins and, and things on, uh, you know, why those are the way they are. And if you look at how much power the Catholic Church kind of had for a long time and what was kind of being done with that, and we're like, why are we still doing this? Yeah. You know, like, yeah, why, yeah. Mm-hmm. why are we still doing this? And it's not to, like, question, um, you know, the... the the holiness of of the of the books and the different messages and and the people who resonate with but it's more of the structure mm-hmm. of the church and the things that go on in the church and the fact that the church is still very much so in big power in a lot of things like it's influential yeah mm-hmm. yeah so much so so much so you know yeah. so it's like it's 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 interesting. It's it's very interesting. That's a whole other episode. Yeah, yeah. But That's I used to be like I was I was studying to be a priest. I was in a seminary for a couple of years. I was in a monastery. I was a youth minister. I used to work at churches like receptionist. I used to, like I've seen this be small different angles. I used to work in a diocese. So I've seen this thing from like every possible angle at this point, you know. And I think just the realization of it, it's something it's something very simple. Like there's that story of Jesus healing the woman who's bleeding, right? And if you understand Judaism, she's bleeding. And that means she's like, oh, she's having like her period, and it's like nonstop. It's like this internal hemorrhaging that's going on. And in Judaism, if a woman's having her period, she cannot go to temple and pray. She's considered like ritually unclean. So she can't like, she has to sit in a certain chair in the house kind of thing. And so this woman who's Jewish, her whole identity is wrapped the fact that she knows who God is. She has to worship God. So she has to do the one thing that she loves. She can't do it because it's something that's out of her control. Right? So she hears so this person, she's not Jesus. Enough. Now she's not worthy. Now she's unclean. Yeah. You are not worthy. You are not good enough. You are bad. There's something wrong with you. You can't mm-hmm. change it. Mm-hmm. You know? You're innately, you're, you're, your ability to, like, I, I like to think of menstruation as, uh, like, a self-cleaning. Mm-hmm. You know, that us as women get to, and womb carriers get to, uh do have that the honor and privilege and so interesting how in more modern religions um i say that in in opposed to uh more shamanistic and indigenous Mm -hmm. belief systems uh it's it's day and night you know like there's in most indigenous cultures and specifically i i've learned from a lot of Taino elders and in Taino culture, it's actually, you know, revered mm-hmm. when women are on their menstrual. Like, mm-hmm. it's looked at as you're between life and death, and wow. you are are in this powerful space that you can definitely change the energy dynamic. So you can sit over here, but, like, the guest of honor. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, mm-hmm. in a sweat lodge, you know, certain traditions don't allow women to sit in a sweat lodge um, native base as well. And at first that used to make me angry because I'm like, this is just another form of what it was. But then I had Mm -hmm. to understand not everybody comes with the same medicine to be able to hold in a, say, a sweat lodge or a ceremony that has a woman who is on their menstrual because it, 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 it requires a certain amount of 
uh, understanding and reverence to that. And then also certain medicines that are hard to kind of like shrink it and put it into this into this episode. It could be in another one, probably especially when I have one of my elders come up here and kind of talk about it. but there's layers to it. And now I understand why in certain ceremonies women can be. And it's not that. But it's never that it's it's unclean yeah. or it's like you're too powerful. You're going to throw this off right now. <laughs> like, like we love you. Mm-hmm. But please, can you, like, work on something that you can put all of your energy into something? Because people might get thrown off in this. And then there's the other ceremonies yeah. where people who do have the medicine to be able to hold space, they're like, hey, come sit next to me. Like, mm-hmm. it's going to be great. Like, you know, and I remember one of the the first sweat lodge I've ever been to in 2017. I was like, I just came back from moving to Colombia to go find all of this and like tune into my roots. And mm-hmm. I couldn't find it anywhere, really. Like I found some things and in some indigenous peoples and you know, but I was in like the Staten Island of Columbia. I was like literally <laughs> right outside El Centro. Like I was oh right like that where we are. It was beautiful though. Trust me. I, I mean, listen, the food, yeah, everything yeah, yeah, with yeah. the culture, everything was good. That's so funny. But you know, um it was like right like a train away from uh the, the, the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. That's um so, funny. so it's funny like that. But I come back and a good friend of mine, Emilio, had had was like, "Hey, do you mm. want to go to a sweat lodge?" I was like, "What? Yeah, you know, when I was there, that's so funny. You know, man. give After all the looking, all the looking, and it was waiting looking. home for me, you know. Yeah, and it's just, it's like yep, yep. Oh my goodness, <laughs> yes, exactly. It's crazy, the you know, how things happen. Right where you are, exactly. Mm-hmm. And you know, I give reverence to Kesike, uh Chief Roman, and he was the person who who poured the first sweat that I was in, and he was the first man I've ever heard speak about a woman's menstrual cycle with reverence. I was crying. Like, I was uh, crying. Like, it was like, I, I, I ended up going to a ceremony. It was um, it was a sweat lodge for people in recovery, mm-hmm. and I was the only person who wasn't technically in recovery, but I am in recovery. Everyone's in recovery. I was yeah. recovering from being a codependent person. Mm-hmm. You know, that's mm-hmm. why I was there. That was my, that was my drug and alcohol, you Coda, know? So. That's a thing. That's a real thing. It, re- it really is. Mm-hmm. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's a real thing. Like a whole. Oh, yes. Um, that's a real thing. You know, it's so funny. It's on yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Last time I had Nikki on here, another Gemini naturally. Oh, and she, she's the one who told me about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I no, I do. I'm like, wait, it sparked something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, when I was there and and uh, and he was explaining it to me, I was like, what? And like that, like opened up my mind because I was already unpacking that as a woman. You know, and that's a whole other episode that I'll talk about mm-hmm. menstruation and stuff. But that's just, yes, yeah, I just went. You were like, no, you were like, and in 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 temple they can't. And I'm like, but but here's the power in it. Here's no. the power in it, ladies. You know, not from not saying yeah. you, but just like amplifying in that in that conversation because I feel like people only hear that. No, it's absolutely you know true. people only hear You're that. Absolutely right. And it's like. It's crazy. It's crazy because it, it it it's crazy how so many people. You know, you tell a mass a whole bunch of things, and then one or two people are like, "Maybe that's not true," and they're like, "You guys are weird. Why? What is wrong with you?" Mm-hmm. You know, and that's just like an example of one of those things, and it's just crazy how, you know, most of the time it's it's like humans who don't even have the same reproductive organs who are speaking on something, mm-hmm. you know, so it's yeah, just, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Thank yeah, you for you bringing that up. No, no, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's <laughs> like clearly quite passionate about it. Clearly, <laughs> full moon coming too. <laughs> full moon. I'm also like on my moon, so I'm like, I, I was like, oh, we're talking about periods. Oh, I oh, got yeah. something to say about it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, thank you for having the capacity to be able to have a conversation that can be uh, somewhat uncomfortable. You're welcome. Yeah. Absolutely, 100%. So, yeah. So from there. <laughs> yeah, that was like a big so parenthesis. Right? Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel like that's like ma- most conversations. Like you go here and then you come back and you yeah. go back around and it's like, you know, what is right, what is wrong, what is now, what is needed. Mm. And... There is no right and wrong. There's just what feels good for you and what is good for you, really. And those can sometimes be two different things. And sometimes they could be the same thing. You know, I've been unpacking the right and wrong a lot for the past few years. It's like, what is right and wrong? You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that that was a big shift for me, realizing that there's nothing wrong. It's just a judgment. You know, and it's hard. I think it's hard to to think that way, live that way. Some even say that out loud because people are like, "But what about?" And then all the wounds come out, mm-hmm. right? It's like every everything that hurt me at one point that I thought was wrong. You're gonna tell me it was right? Like I didn't say that either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, but there are actions and consequences. And yes. I think once you get to like a more mature way of living, you're gonna be okay. What kind of actions do I want to put out in the world mm-hmm. to get the certain kind of consequences I'm looking for? Yeah, and it's not a manipulation. I just want to make sure I say that. Even if it is a manipulation, <laughs> manipulations are good. Here's something else, another uh, perspective. Like, if you find yourself, you know, some, that's one of the biggest things I was called for, mm-hmm. like, majority of my life. Like, you're so manipulative, so manipulative. And then I hit a certain point. I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not. And then I hit a certain point where I'm what like. What you do again? No, I'm not. <laughs> and then I'm like. <laughs> and then I'm like. Oh, I am. I'm dead ass manipulative. And then I'm like, where does this come from? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, you know, boom, boom, boom. When I was younger, exactly. My parents getting divorced. Oh, my mom said no. Let me ask my dad. All this stuff. And then even take a step further prior to that. Like, I want something. Exactly. (laughs) I know how to get what I wanted. And that's where that's where it goes from. So now, (laughs) exactly. So now, when we take that and we. Stop villainizing manipulation Mm -hmm. and start healthily using our manipulation tactics to bring greatness into, you know, speak greatness into ourselves. Like I know, for example, manipulation as far as like uh, uh, say I... I know I'm 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 I want to eat something bad or I don't want say I I want to fast Mm -hmm. right. I manipulate myself in my head. I'm like. Well, I want it. I'm like, you know, I want what I want watermelon juice. I really, really just want water. It's like I'll smell food, and I'm like, I don't want that, you know. And it's like I'm manipulating myself. I'm not necessarily lying because it's yeah. true. Like I don't actually want it, mm-hmm. but I'm manipulating in the conversation that I'm having. It's like very like quick, rather yeah, than it's yeah. like, oh, I don't want this because ultimately in the end it's gonna not make me feel good. Blah blah. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. just like. You find your ways. Yeah. I think you and I are talking about two different kinds of manipulation. I'm talking about... What kind about, of manipulation are you talking about? Like when people scam others. Oh, that's... Yes. Yeah, no, that's that's what what we don't want that. No, we don't want that. We don't want that. That's that's selfish manipulation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's Negatively. But I'm yeah. talking more about like... Like in terms of like, I think healing work, right? Because I don't think healing work is just something that is... It can be done on like a social level. It can be done like, you know, creating nonprofits. It can be done like mm-hmm. all those different policies that we have where we want to give people the best chance possible. 
You know, I, I gave a retreat recently to a Benedictine community out in Ridgewood. It's called it's uh, All Saints Priory. And when I was at the retreat, we were talking about the difference between mercy and justice in the you know in this like in the Christian understanding. And justice is like this is the law, right? You broke this, you get this punishment. Like that's considered like justice, right? But mercy is mo- is is very different. Mercy is like, well, you hurt someone, you hurt someone in the community, you hurt yourself, you hurt whoever, and um, this is the punishment. I don't think you 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 need this. I think what you need is like love and support to help you make better decisions next time, right? And I think that's a much more beautiful way of living. And so it's how can we create systems where that exists for people, you know? So, like, I, I always hear of one, of... one of the works I used to do is I used to work with this group called Sisters of Life, and they're a pro-life group, you know? But this is how they approach it. They, if a woman, like, is called and, like, she, like, they call, a woman calls, she's, like, kicked out of her family, like, they don't want her because she got pregnant, they want to get an abortion, like, well, let's find you someone to talk to first. So just, like, send her a friend, you know? And it's like, look, if you want to have this baby, we can give you all the resources you need. They even have, like, a convent where they can live with the sisters until, like, the kids are, like, I think, like, a year year or two. So, like, they're living in community, and they have babysitters all around, and, like, they can get jobs, and, you know, they can save money to get an apartment. You know, they can, if they want to move to a different state, they have people who would live with them. They have, you know, constant supplies of, like, you know, diapers, formula, food, clothes car seats, like, they'll get you cars, like, it's really creating a culture in which how can we have the best possible, like, outcome for this child and the, and the woman, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, like, so, like, I think that's really beautiful, like, like that, that is, kind of perspective of, like, okay. I've never heard of anything that's like that without, well, I have, um, uh, without a bigger, like, uh, like, motive behind. Yeah. Like, I've never heard of anything that was, like, pure like that, so it's good to hear, like, something yeah. like that exists. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's really beautiful, and I was just, and I, like, I, like, see, that, I think that's the way, like, pro-life could be done. People talk about pro-life, I'm like, well, that's pro-life. Yeah, you absolutely. Like that's not holding a picket fence. like, pro-life, you know, like, housing, you know, like, for the homeless and for the poor, and, like, mm-hmm. and, like, especially with development in New York City, it's, like, just crazy. I'm like, this is not, like, this scenario in which people can live the best optimal life here. Yeah. You know, and I think it's, and... So it's how can we create these like actions and responses and these nonprofits and these policies and become like all this stuff so we can have these values that we believe that like people deserve something better really exist in our world. Yeah. And that's that's kind of something I've been like thinking about recently. Yeah. No, that's definitely that that applies to so many different things. That way of going about it, it's like okay, which brings into like a really important thing. I feel like when you are going to give a opposition to, and or just like an option rather, um, to somebody you that could really like affect their entire life, mm-hmm. you really better be able to hold space for it. Yeah. You know, if you're going to like say something so strong about anything, it's like, oh, okay, like, oh, well, why don't you, why don't you get a job to a homeless person or how could you kill a baby to a woman who doesn't have means like what are you doing to like support actually the delivery system for that person to see another option Mm -hmm. so you're just saying something then what's the point you know it's like there's you got to do it you know, you gotta be there and like hold that space. You yeah. know, if you if you talk about, I have a friend of mine who does this really well. His name is Father Mike Lopez. He's out in, in Ridgewood, Queens. He's got a program called Hungry Monk, 
And so it literally started off as like a coincidence. He was walking the street. He wears a habit, you know, and he was walking the street. And someone said, oh, Brother Mike. And he's like, Brother Mike. There was a guy who lived at a church like where he worked who looked just like him. And that, that, you know, that guy left. But he would always give out food to people. And so he's like, oh, I, I don't know these people. They know my name. It's like maybe it's from God, you know. So he starts, he buys some lunch, you know. And then he starts talking to other people in the area. I said, bro, make a speech. He was like, oh, I guess I can probably continue doing that. So then he's like feeding people, like packing bags, like driving. So he gets like a, an ambulance, like an old ambulance. He like stocks it up. And like he's driving around Queens, giving food out to people, all this stuff. And then the program starts growing. He starts feeding more people. One of his parishioners was a homeless guy. And he ended up freezing on the streets in Queens and dying. And so Father Mike was like, we, we can't do this. We, like, this cannot exist. So he literally cleaned out the church basement and put beds in there. And the city organization approached him and said, look, if you're going to do beds, we can give you money to create a bed program. So now he creates this bed program. And he still has this hungry monk thing, which gives out food. So now he's able to, like, hire some of the people in the program to give out food. So now he's hiring homeless people <laughs> who didn't have jobs to give out food to people. And then the pandemic hits. And he's like, and everyone else is like shutting down. And Father Mike's like, we, we can't do that. People like need food, you know, they, they just need this. So the guys in the program are dressing up in hazmat suits, delivering food to people who need it. And it's like this whole thing is working together. You know, it's like, can I, you're going to tell someone to get a job, but yet, you know, he's got like 20 years empty on your resume. You know, <laughs> what kind of job are you going to get? Yeah, and how but are like, you going to get a job, too? Is this, there's so many people, like, for especially right now in yeah. this day and age with everything yeah. going on, there's a lot of factors that you yeah. have to consider getting so a job. It's, it's like considering, okay, like, here's, here's people who are homeless, people who need to work. You know, can we create a program in which they can work in it? You know, and then and build up the self-esteem. That's incredible. Self. That's incredible. so incredible to know work. that that exists. That's yeah. beautiful. That's awesome. Yeah, Shout yeah. out to Brother Mike. Yeah, yeah, it's Father Mike. Father Mike. Hungry Monk. Hungry and Monk, and yes. the work he does is like, it's really incredible. And it's beautiful, you know. So I wanted to share that with you. Because I, I think what you said is right. It's like you can't tell someone... Well, people do it all the time, right? But you can't tell someone, like, no without giving them an alternative. Absolutely. Um, I literally seen a post that was talking about specifically pro-life. It's like, don't say you're pro-life. And uh, when you're outside, hold, instead of mm -hmm. holding signs, like, are you going to give an alternative? Like, are you going to yeah. have the money and funds to raise this child? Like, tell instead of instead of approaching it with a, a, a sign like you're this opposition when this person's already going through emotional yeah. turmoil, mm -hmm. why not go up to them and say, hey, I will, I will adopt your child and I will take care of them if yeah, that's yeah. what you really feel. Yeah. If that's what you really feel. Because it's like, you know... And get passionate about it, you know, and then they get blindsided by emotions and say, okay, well, but there are logical <laughs> conclusions and consequences to what you're saying. Absolutely. So what would you like to happen? And I think a lot of times people don't get that far. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like the here and the now. And it's like, okay, well, no, what would you like to happen? Like, that's why I think when we hold space in healing, I think also that like, okay, so what could this look like for you? Mm -hmm. Like asking that question allows people a safe space where they're able to think about some possibilities that could exist for them. And it's so important, and we even started this podcast talking about, like, the the importance of that, that like, shock period. Like, when, mm -hmm. when you're experiencing something, like, say for somebody who just found out they were pregnant, mm -hmm. since that's the topic that we're talking about, like, that's a shocking experience if that's not what you want in your life, mm -hmm. you know? So to find that out and then to, like not have any resources around you, not have any support system. Some people don't have anyone emotionally available to them and they're just completely on their own. What are the programs for even for that or, or for people who say who lose somebody and don't have financial means for their 
uh, even their cremation, yeah. you know, or anything, you yeah. know, and 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 what do they do? Like, what are these extremely shocking experiences? Someone who suffers a, their house getting burned down, like these things where it's like survival, 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 where yeah. things get kind of put into that place and the people who don't have anything, what are the actual alternatives? Because I'm sure someone who's politically correct will hand you Planned Parenthood and, you know, whatever resources yeah. that there are for these different things. But realistically, when you're in that shock space, you're not thinking about how you're going to find all of your documents to go to a <coughs> government building to do all these different things. Like, you're yeah. not thinking about that. And half the times when you do that, the people who are working there are miserable anyway, and they don't actually care yeah. about what it is that you're experiencing. Yeah. So, you know, I just, like, want to take a moment for everybody who is existing in transition, what little or big that it may be seeming, no matter of the scale that anybody can equate it to, it is valid, whatever you're feeling. And, you know, I pray for you, not only not only for you, but for everyone, for me included and you included and everyone included who's listening now and who listen in the future to be able to find that peace and that space, not only within yourself, but may you finding that space to inquire before any transition or choice big choice that you need to make in any respect that when you're taking that time to pray internally you manifest another external way of of confirmation for you so that you can kind of bounce it outside of your head because it's important just as we're talking the theme of this entire conversation you can do that internal work but if you don't bounce it outside of you in the community mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you don't even like there's it's limiting it's yeah. limiting and that's where that's where you see everything that's 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 what i believe is a big source of disharmony um collectively in every aspect you can break down any any specific niche or community of anything or uh interest it's the it's the imbalance of both mm -hmm. it's either too much community and no self-reflection or so much self-reflection and no, not enough community yeah. and you know i pray for this world for each and every one of us to do our best to find that balance within both because both are so needed and um you know you might feel like you might not need to go out and talk to people but you just saying like two words three words might be exactly what someone else needed to hear you know, to uh, to live another day, you know, to mm -hmm. do something else and to feel heard and seen because you never know who you're sitting next to and you never know what they're experiencing. Mm -hmm. The amount of times that I've heard people say, not only to me but to other people, like, if you didn't just say that, like, I like I came here and I was contemplating my existence or even if I even wanted to go on and hearing, you know, this person say this or, or being able to feel heard and seen mm -hmm. without even speaking gave me that space to that internal light to kind of like be fanned and you know it, it, it you wouldn't you wouldn't know that you wouldn't get to experience that if if you didn't do both so i think it's really mm -hmm. really important um yeah. for sure yeah and it's such a basic childhood need you know like like the need for someone to look you in the eyes when you're a kid right and not dismiss you and like to acknowledge you and say like i see you you know i'm listening to you you know, and so many, it's interesting, like, I have, I have two kids, and they want my attention, you know, and rightly so, you know, it's like, because they're important, and they have value, mm -hmm. and it's so, can I help them see that, you know, by acknowledging the stuff that they do, because, you know, a lot of times, like, we get pushed aside when we were little, 
You know, it's like what you're saying. Like, you know, that, that horrible thing that people say, which is like supposed to be a good thing, children should be seen and not heard. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just like they're just a showpiece for the family. You know, and I think for like, it's so, like, at least it's not just my perspective on it. I think for like tens of thousands of years and like in, in a lot of like the cultures that are predominant now, children were seen as like a, like a, like an accessory, mm-hmm. you know? And so, they were, since they were viewed as property, then the owner of the property, which is usually the male figure in some of these cultures, could do whatever he want with them. You know, so there's, we, that's why we have these cycles of violence that continue in our in our world. And so we're constantly trying to do undo cycles of violence. And so I think for the last like I don't say like 50 years, 60 years, it's we're really exploring this whole idea of like treating children as people. You know, <laughs> it's like, and it sounds weird hearing it now because we're like 60 years into it. You know, but like to acknowledge children, to, to see what they're good at, to help build them up, to help not knock them down and to like and to really kind of um, put the, the, the things that we have aside, you know, for, for their needs. I think that's that's it's a beautiful thing. And it's also like an experiment right now in humanity that's going on. Like, how can we raise children in a way that really honors them? You know, I think that's really beautiful because I feel like so many childhood traumas come from that moment from literally childhood traumas and it's just it's it'll just play out right i think like all this stuff like i remember hearing that like when a when a woman like goes through something like rape their body remembers like a, a physical memory of it and they know the anniversary of it like their body knows it well, look, look at a calendar they just know like two weeks before i'm gonna be really messed up and two weeks after i'm gonna be really messed up you know because your body went through something traumatic and almost like rewrites your dna and so i think so much of the stuff that we have to deal with that's currently playing out now in society and, and in ourselves is like all this like intergenerational bloodline bullshit, you know? And I think in Latino culture, a lot of this whole like slave master relationship is constantly playing out, right? And like, you know, we've had parents tell us, you know, you respect me, you know, we get hit, you know? And that, that's, a, that's a slave master relationship that's being played out in our lives. You know, these issues of like respect and all this stuff and it's like, it's not needed, you know. I remember this woman who she's got, she got a, uh, her Instagram. I think is Latinx Parenting. I'm gonna I'll look for it. I'll find it for you. But she talked about how indigenous cultures would never do that. They knew the value of the whole community raising a child. You know, you also had like supports around you constantly. So if you you know if your child was like a bit too much one day, they can go out and go play with kids. And they knew the the tribe and the village was safe. Everyone knew each other. You know, and this and like in big cities, we've lost that whole understanding. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's like it's very weird right now at this point, and like where we're raising children. I think in like in like I said in humanity, because we don't have this village anymore. We don't know our neighbors, at least in big cities. We don't know our neighbors. We don't let kids. You know, we're, we're scared, especially now with the pandemic. Now we're scared to be around other people. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like we're trying to. We're naturally communal beings, and we're forced into isolation. And over this last year, now we have to come almost since like relearn how to be social beings again, mm-hmm. you know. And like the social media is like it, it's not a replacement for human, at least for human contact. Absolutely. You know, it is it still like valid? Is it still is it still a connection? Yes. I don't know. Is it the best connection that a human being needs? I don't know. You know, we don't think anyone knows that really. Yeah. Thank you for that. It's really important. I give you know. Everybody, you as a parent, everybody that's a parent, so much credit for being able to raise kids at, you know, at any point in life, but this time in life, you know, and um, the struggles that come with that behind closed doors and the patience that come with that behind closed doors. I give you guys so much credit and especially those that are like 
doing like all all parents all parents are valid and i want to be very clear what i'm saying that um especially from just witnessing um women around me raise their children holistically that are breastfeeding that are sharing their body with mm -hmm. a child for an extended period of time you know i my sister breastfed for like two years my my one of my really good friends she's still breastfeeding you know and it's been two years and like i know a lot of women that have been mm -hmm. and it's like i can't even imagine nonetheless being a mom of one kid but having another kid and not even having my body f fully accessible to me because now whenever that baby is coming over here now i just gotta uh, you know, go ahead, mm -hmm. get your food, you know, and then, you know, it's, it's, it, it's a certain amount of reverence and respect that comes with that. It's like, there's a selflessness that not everybody can acquire. And it doesn't mean that anybody who doesn't do this is less than it's, it, that doesn't mean that at all. You know, everybody mm -hmm. just carries. It's an acknowledgement, not a comparison. It's, exactly. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. It's yeah. an acknowledgement, not a comparison. And the acknowledgement for that is just from the exposure to seeing that I'm just like, wow. Like every time I say I'm just like in awe, I'm just like, wow, you are like such a selfless person to be able to have the capacity to do that because you're putting your child's health first and above your own like, you know, even sanity at times, you mm -hmm. know, and that's and that's a, a lot, you know, and then having taking that into factor and then taking just parenting in general. And now, like the fathers as well, and like taking the time to be with the kids and like being the different energy of like, OK, well, I'm not going to shove an iPad in your face mm -hmm. like for all hours of the day. And I'm going to have that interaction with you and like giving so much reverence and respect to those parents you know whether mother or father that is doing that and then also the compassion for the times that you need to be like yo take this and go away <laughs> like <laughs> you know like, like it's just it's just reverence the parents in general you know so yeah. and like you said it's uh acknowledgement not a comparison thank you for that term i really oh, yeah. enjoy using yeah. it but um yeah you know and that's 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 the full moon eclipse energy report you know is like <laughs> it's like find community what is what is what is the balance between community and and yourself and um and then if we're really like taking into consideration i'm getting deja vu this is the third time today i'm getting oh, deja yeah. vu third time of this like exact moment that's crazy oh i've been talking behind this it's okay i'm feeling hermity i'm feeling opposite of how i normally feel at full moons mm -hmm. i'm very reclusive i've been like very like <laughs> the past um a few days but you know what i heard recently i think it's, I, I feel like it's gonna help yeah i don't know yeah um there's this guy uh, i feel like i forgot his name sa sa simone i forgot i think that's his name and he said he had this one video and it was just like it was like you know i was like honey when you're ready you can do your healing like when you're ready, you can move on from this. Like when you're re like this, that, and that words were just so beautiful. I felt like a teacher, like a loving teacher. Are you talking about the beautiful man with the curly hair? Yes. Oh my God, yes. yes. He is everything. Everything. <laughs> everything. <laughs> everything. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. That guy. I was like, when you said honey, I yeah. was like, okay, I, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honey, that's gonna help. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, for real. Like but it's he, when he said that. It was like whenever you're ready. Yeah. Like, I never heard that before. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I feel like maybe I heard it when I was little, but I feel like it's, it was just very, Not it was very beautiful context. and needed. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, whenever you're ready, you can move forward from this. Whenever you need to, like, 
you, you can let this go. You yeah. know, like your healing is right there for you, you know, whenever you're ready. And I'm like emotional about it. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, that's why I love it. Let's cry. Let's cry on this podcast. I'm like saved, you know, and I was just yeah. like, oh <laughs> Heart yeah. saved. Yeah, heart saved. Perhaps share. a comment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe a story repost. It's like that's that's, a, that's beautiful. what's beautiful about the social media stuff. But you're absolutely right. That was a great catalyst to saying like, yeah, that's exactly where I was going. Where it's like the thing about this time period. The thing about you know full moons in general, and then eclipse full moons. What does that mean? It's just like a full moon on steroids. It's just like an <laughs> abundance of. Let's not say that. Let's not. Let's not like uh, glorify steroids. Let's say. <laughs> Like it's like, uh, a a um a full moon that's been working out and eating clean, okay, you know, okay. for a very yeah. long time. They've been, you know, balancing everything they need to do, mm-hmm. and then also mm-hmm. they've been like holding everything in, getting ready for this. Like, it's like the energy right before. Like, even imagine the imagine the gravity or the the force behind when you're like opening up mm-hmm. a can. Right, like a can of soda, like that, <laughs> like right before the pressure that you, builds up in it. You That's ever hear thing. that noise right before it opens? Mm-hmm. It's like, like it just starts, just starts to. That's that's the energy of a full moon eclipse. Mm-hmm. It's like the, cause it's gonna happen. Yeah. Now, are you going to actively open it, or are you gonna just let it stay there and then the whole entire carbonated drink gets flat? Mm-hmm. Because even if you don't open it, once you yeah. hear that noise, it's going to get flat. Air has entered. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So are you going to actively be a part of that and open it up and take a sip of whatever refreshment you're trying yeah. to consume? Or are you going to just sit there and let it go dull? Mm-hmm. And then it's just kind of like there and you know it's there and yeah, it knows yeah. it's there and it's not being utilized to the maximum capacity that it can. Yeah, I'm like in shotgun mode. I'm like, <laughs> like that's the yeah. mode I'm right now. Like yeah. Some people like down like, I'm loving this energy right now because there's a lot of garbage I've been holding on to for a long time. And, like, now I see it, you know? Like, as much as I can. Yeah. You know, and I've just been, like, letting go. So I'm, like, I'm very open to it, which I've I'm, I'm been very grateful for. So I totally get what you're saying. It's, like... That's great. Like, you're, yeah. like, you s- genuinely seem like you're thriving in this energy. I mean, naturally, it is yeah. your season. You're, like, yeah. okay, like, <laughs> hello. Like, yes, hey, I'm going to be here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to let some things go since it's time, <laughs> you know? But, yeah, it's... uh. That's what that's where that's where that's where we're at with it. So it's like, and it's a good place. It is you know, a good I, place. I, I, like it can it can be scary because you're gonna find something new, you know. And the only the only suggestion I would give is I used to work with um, uh, chronically street homeless, and so people who are like really into like some like somewhere into like alcohol or crack or something like that. Mm-hmm. And one thing I would. Um, one thing I realized is that, you know, like we, like we kind of hint at it before, you can't tell someone to stop doing drugs or stop doing alcohol. That's why there's like, hey, that's why these programs, because what happens is that when you tell, when you want to help someone get rid of something in their life, if you don't replace it with something good, they're just going to spend their whole time thinking about it. And, you know? fi- or, and or finding something similar that's mm-hmm. going to provide that could also be very detrimental or even worse. Yeah. You know, and so I think it's important. It's like, like release let go you know if you got to let go of old people and but find some healthy new people you know people you admire you know people who want to make you become better whatever the thing is that you want to find you know like put yourself out there you know i think and i think it's gonna be worth it yeah you know i think that's that's what's huge it's we release but nature abhor, abhor, abhors a vacuum 
you know, it's going to fill it right back up with something. So let's let's make that something good. Yeah. You know? That's like, you know, it's like you like the you like the smudge, right? And then you have the sweet grass after. You like mm -hmm. the smudge to clear everything out. And then you like the sweet grass to invite what you want. Mm -hmm. You know, and you got to do that with your life. I think it's really important, especially especially for th this full moon just feels like it, it, do it doesn't feel like as abrasive um, on a physical level. It feels very like a vacuum mentally. It feels like mm -hmm. mentally, it's so mental. Like, yeah. I feel like it's so like, a Gemini thing, right? here you go, <laughs> we're done with this. Like yeah. now you know it, mm -hmm. we're moving on. <laughs> like, we got we got yeah, to go. I've been telling like, you for a while, mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. band-aid's coming off. You know, mm -hmm. like <laughs> now now it, it's like, I give you one second, it's off. Okay, yeah. you're done, you okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that wasn't that bad. It never is. Yeah. It never is. It never is. is. It, it never is, is that it's bad. It's true. It's true. Yeah. That's like, um, yeah. Well, I wanted to before, you know, is there anything else that you want to talk about before I do? I'm good. Okay. <laughs> I'm good. I wanted, <laughs> I wanted to open up. There's this book <laughs> that um, I have that's peace of mind so it's something for each day if mm -hmm. you don't mind no, I don't. would you like to read sure okay um so we'll see today's the 26th right mm -hmm. my friend so. rob's birthday so mm -hmm. i wanted to and, and Ooh, while you're Raina reading maria Rilke. oh i love Raina maria Rilke. while you're reading that i also want to play the sacral bowl after you're done reading but i'm going to go get it okay but you can start whenever. work of sight is done now do heart work I thought we were going to have dinner together tonight. What do you mean? You'll call me later? Listen, if I make an appointment, will you have time for me? Most working couples begin their daily their day frantically, part of the part for the workday, then return home to renew the hectic pace of running errands, taking care of the household responsibilities, preparing dinner, and then collapsing in bed for a few hours sleep before repeating the process again. Very rarely is there time left over for fun things or even romance. So eventually a couple feels that life together isn't that enjoyable anymore. Do you find you have a stronger relationship with tension than with touching? With intensity rather than intimacy? With stress rather than sex? To change a stress-based relationship back to one built upon mutual caring and sharing, schedule time when you can do fun things together. Start by setting aside one weekend a month for two, for the two of you, or do something out of the ordinary, to spend time at a romantic country inn, to search for unique antiques, or to sign up for an interesting workshop. If I'm not having fun out of bed, chances are I won't have fun in bed. Today, I'll work with my partner to find ways we can physically reconnect and emotionally draw closer. Thank you. Thank you for that. That's like, um, a good one. <laughs> <laughs> and that's mm. for real no it really does because mm -hmm. it's like we're whole humans and if, for those who are either whether you're in a partnership or a relationship which we all are in relationship with every relationship we ex experience like in life mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. you know it doesn't have to be romantic could be platonic could be work could be anything and um yeah no it definitely was larry thank you for that and uh it's it's crazy that 
you know, we are expected to do all of these things, you know, we have these lists, like, okay, I work, now I'm going to come home, have to, have to cook, okay, now after I cook, I have yeah. to do the dishes, and, and then delegate that between you and whomever you live with, yeah. you know, um, so it's important to take those moments and have the compassion, and then also have that ebb and flow where it's like, all right, well, no matter what, once a week, let's let's do something. Doesn't have to. You don't have to pin what it is, but like be like, okay, once a week, let's do something together. Yeah. You know, and set that date and time so that you can have that kind of structure where it's like the masculine and the feminine. It's like you have the structure. Yeah. You know, the podcast. Like I have the structure of the podcast mm-hmm. at ten thirty, but I don't usually know what I'm going to talk about. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's uh, thank you for that. No, I think I think. Um well, you just described, like, the whole separate, you know, like, coming home, work, this, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that's, that's the life that's offered to you by, like, default, I feel. Mm-hmm. You know? But we get to choose something different. You know? I think this, like, moon gives us the chance to kind of realize that. It's like, you get to choose something different. You know? What is it that you'd like to choose for yourself? And yeah. so this is, like, a great opportunity to start, like, sneaking that into your daily routine. You for know? sure. Sneaking that into your daily routine, into your mind. Yeah. And then also, you know... Um, and it's 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 important because uh, a friend of mine was mentioning how there was like a lot of posts about how we should be manifesting during this full moon, and I don't know why that would be a thing. So I just want to strongly um, <laughs> strongly suggest that um, to really think about what you would like to get rid of at this yeah. time and actively then like actively like what you're saying like when you get rid of something you're like putting something yeah. there. Not the other way around. Yeah. You know, one of my pet peeves is that there's more to spirituality than manifestation. Yes. And so I feel like when people like enter the spiritual space, that's all they focus on. Because that's a selling point that people use to like to get you to buy products or buy mm-hmm. courses or buy whatever, you know, buy mm-hmm. their book. And so I think that's why I'm grateful that you hold this space and you have these conversations because there's there's so much more to spirituality, you know, than, than just what can I get. Yeah, and if you want to manipulate yourself, um, <laughs> if you really need to like manifest so desperately, it's like the only way you're going to be able to have room for anything is if you let things go. Yeah. So if like for for mm-hmm. anybody that needs that help in that moment, it's like that is really like heavy on the we need manifest, we need manifest because that you're absolutely right. This yeah. is this is why I stress on the I have to balance myself sometimes because yeah, I'm yeah. more on the you need to let go side, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, well, you don't need to do anything. You just listen to yourself really Mm -hmm. um these are just suggestions you listen to yourself you know what you need most of all but uh yeah it feels good though when you're like okay well i want to manifest well where do i got room for something like it's like think about you want to get a a new piece of furniture what 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 big bulky piece of furniture you got to get rid of because you can just add a couch next to your couch what are you gonna do with that (laughs) like Like, that's just gonna be crazy like yeah so before i'm going to play the sacral bowl for anybody who feels inclined to tune in, Sacral is all about creation and destruction, ending cycles, starting new ones, um, rebirth energy. It's all about our reproductive organs and hence the creation and the destruction and everything that comes with that. So it's the eclipse is very much so creation and destruction because the eclipse energy is very much so like destruction, rebirth, but full moon in its greatest essence and just in its normalcy has always been about like ovulation and creation and i believe i said this on the on the cast before but i'll say it again back in the day it was said that the reason 
that um, women would bleed with the new moon and it, it, it and uh, sync up ovulation with the full is because there wasn't lights. So there was no artificial light. So like the only light in the sky was, was the full moon. Mm -hmm. So with the full moon, you would have more of a chance and an opportunity to like find a mate because you can literally see them. Mm. And then also the energy associated with full moon being like oh, out yeah. and about and like wanting to be mm -hmm. seen and extroverted rather than new moons very introverted. So I just wanted to share that. And prior to um, playing this, I just wanted to pull up two cards, one collectively, well, both collectively, um, one is the surrender deck and the other one is the sacred geometry of relationships. So I think that's just both very balanced and in sync with everything we we're talking about today. Mm -hmm. So I pray in a good way for everybody who's listening to this podcast now and anyone who will listen in the future. Pray to connect with my guides and with the messages that need to be said here and now. What is the energy that we need to surrender into and let go of surrender to the idea that you can fix someone mm. it is time for a relationship to shift it doesn't work to try to fix someone each person must be accountable for his or her own healing just in case you don't believe her i was like <laughs> i was like i just like to show the colors and stuff to see what resonates um you know that's very like throat chakra a little bit of solar plexus a little yeah, bit of a little bit of heart what it connects with the sacral too yeah for sure what is it right now that we should be focusing on in our relationships interpersonal relationships relationships of all kinds collectively in a good way. connection hmm. the frequency of connection supports our ability to find alignment and resonates with others, with other things and ideas. So here is that card. I just realized I didn't show you guys over here. And here's the other one. And here's this one again. Because it's a whole frequency even when you're just looking at it. Okay. So yeah. And both of them have the same color, so pay attention. It's really throat, heart, and solar plexus, the energy. You see? Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you could get comfortable wherever you are, allowing yourself to have a moment, to take a moment in to receive these vibrations, help to clear out, help to bring clarity within yourself. And when it feels good for you, if it feels good for you, allowing your eyes to start to flutter closed. Taking a deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth. And when you exhale, allowing yourself to have a sigh so that you can hear your breath when you're relieving yourself breathing in all things that are good, Exing, exhaling all that isn't no longer suiting you. Now take a deep breath in, hold it for four seconds, release it, four seconds, and do that two more times. 
and prepare yourself to receive the vibrations in a good way. moment allowing yourself to place one of your hands on your heart and the other one on your belly and saying to yourself I fully accept myself as I am I love myself completely I trust myself. I'm ready to live the life that I deserve to live. I'm already living it. Tuning into your breath and feeling your fingers and wiggling your fingers and just putting energy back into your body before opening up your eyes. Moving around with whatever feels good for you, moving your neck, swaying back and forth, and then opening up your eyes when you feel ready. Going back into the space in which you are in, knowing that although you are in the same space, you aren't at the same time. You're in a new space because you created a new vibe for yourself, for all those around you. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for doing the work for yourself that you do in the community and that all the work that you do on yourself and for yourself behind closed doors. You are so needed. You are so appreciated. Thank you for your existence and thank you for all that you do that nobody ever sees. And with that, I say happy full moon.
Happy full moon eclipse, everyone. Happy Gemini season. Thank you so much, Lewis, for coming on to the show, blessing us with your energy, your insight, and, you know, your presence and your jokes and everything. All, all parts of you. Thank you, you know, for being you and for coming on to here. Um, thank you for steering me back the times that I've kind of got lost in this podcast. And, uh, you know, it's it's interesting because there's times that I feel like super like, all right, yeah, boom, steering the ship. And I'm just grateful that when I felt like things that got foggy for me, because, you know, I'm also experiencing a lot of transitions in my life right now and a lot of different things coming up that I had, you know, co-pilot right here ready to <laughs> take the wheel. So thank you so much for that. Um, I'm not going to cry on the podcast today. I'm going to go. <laughs> Uh, thank you all for tuning in. And, um, if anyone is interested in the full moon ceremony tonight, it's going to be at hub at eight and just contact me and we'll do that. And yeah, have a great day. See you next week.